Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I believe in this team and I believe in the city. That's why I'm especially proud to be the owner of the Oilers. Here's drilled him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. A lot of work to do. My goal is to lead this team to become an elite team in the National Hockey League. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Plus. This is Milan Lucci. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. Welcome, everybody. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott, Dayton Abbott joining you uh, in studio today. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. You're uh, all in one. Convenient location is Digitex.ca, which is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. This is Oilers Now, and it is the uh, morning after for the folks in St. Louis who watched the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup, the first one in their organization's history. We're going to go early into the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Here is the final call of the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. 
The Blues are standing up on their bench. They begin to celebrate with 20 seconds remaining. Bennington stops it behind the net for Petrangelo. Around on the right side. Kept it at the line. Shot blocked by the skate of Shen. Down to 10 seconds remaining. Blues jumping up and down on their bench as the puck is cleared down ice. No icing as time winds down from worst to first in just over five months. The St. Louis Blues, for the first time in franchise history, have won the Stanley Cup. They mob Jordan Bennington to our right, throwing their gloves and sticks up in the air. The Blues have done it. They win three straight games in Boston. They defeat the Bruins in game seven by the score of four to one. So in their 51st season, the St. Louis Blues are Stanley Cup champions. That is the voice of one of the best broadcasters in the business, Kenny Albert from the Albert Broadcasting Dynasty out of New York City. Of course, Kenny is the son of now 78-year-old Marv Albert, who uh, as good as it gets, uh, still calling games. Um, Al Albert, uh, Marv's brother, was a fine broadcaster as well. Bottom line here, it's an amazing story, and it just, you know... We're hosting Oilers now in December after the Oilers went through the uh, injury situation with Oscar Clefbaum and Chris Russell, and that happened in and around December 9th, 10th, 11th, something like that. And the Oilers were in a decent spot at that stage, and the St. Louis Blues were last on January 3rd. Going into the NHL trade freeze, the roster freeze, which Brian Burke, who will be on today's show, uh, was a... uh, a big uh, believer, and he's actually uh, one of the guys that helped put together uh, that roster freeze because he thought it was unfair to families come Christmas time. Brian Burke's appearances, by the way, in orders now brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. So here's the story on St. Louis. It almost never happened, and it almost never happened because the St. Louis Blues organization almost unloaded some players. And uh, the Blues rolled into Edmonton on December the 18th. And at that time, Jay Bomeister was coming off a difficult uh, hip injury. He wasn't at 100%. Uh, had been a healthy scratch. Had already met with the organization to decide his potential future. Pat Maroon had been a healthy scratch. Remember, he came back to St. Louis and signed the one-year deal. There were rumors that the Blues, Doug Armstrong, was considering shaking the team up, moving Jaden Schwartz and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. We should mention this. The St. Louis Blues missed the playoffs by one point last year. They added five new forwards, including two centers. Uh, They signed Tyler Bozak as an unrestricted free agent, and I think it's fair to say now they hosed the Buffalo Sabres in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. They crushed them. They dumped two contracts... Two average players, uh, Patrick Berglund, who ultimately ended up quitting. Uh, and I don't want to belabor the point too much with Berglund because there may uh, have been some off-ice challenges for him to deal with. But, it, I mean, it's rare when you see an NHL player that's making $3.75 million a year terminate his contract. He terminated his contract. Uh, and then they included Vladimir Sabotka, who I would suggest was grossly overrated, including by a couple people in the Oilers organization for a number of years, going back four or five years ago. Uh, but Sabotka and uh, Berglund got dumped to, see, uh, to Buffalo. They gave up uh, Tage Thompson. I think they gave up a first-round draft choice in that deal as well. And they got back Ryan O'Reilly, who's a hell of a player. So they added O'Reilly down the middle, along with Bozak. It changed the complexion of the makeup of their team. 
They'd already fired Mike Yo. The chief, Craig Berube, out of Callahue, Alberta, came in as the head coach. But they were still floundering for a while, trying to find themselves. But to his credit, and this is an important lesson from where I come from, Doug Armstrong, their general manager, showed belief to his team in what they had. They didn't make the moves, even though they were dead last on January 3rd. Larry Robinson came in and suggested that they play Jay Bomeister with Colton Pareko instead of Bomeister with Alex Petrangelo. And that enabled Petrangelo to see second lines instead of first lines. And Pareko was up for the challenge, and Bomeister rounded in his shape. And towards the end of the year, I had managers in the league telling me Jay Bomeister is back to what he was three, four years ago. And it takes players anywhere from 10 months to a year to get over the type of hip surgery that Bomeister had had. Patrick Maroon scored some opportunistic goals down the stretch. The Blues ran off a wicked uh, winning streak, and it all coincided with the arrival of Jordan Bennington, who was their organizational number four goaltender, the same Jordan Bennington, who last year at a wedding told a current member of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team that this was his last year of pro. If he didn't make it to the NHL, he was going to retire and go to school. Instead, the Blues were going to call up a different goaltender. He got hurt. They brought up Bennington. I think he went 25-4-1 in the regular season. It's an incredible story. At the end of the day, you watch the series against Boston, and I think it's got to be stated. Bennington was good. Tuka Rask was pretty damn good for Boston, too. The uh, Blues defense, to me, was superior in their ability to shut down things five-on-five. And it resulted in St. Louis being a much better five-on-five team in the series. And with the way the games are managed slash officiated, I mean, we think of Boston as having this big, heavy team. St. Louis was the bigger, more physical team, but their defense, in my opinion, was better. And that's where a lot of people, you know, I I don't think it's talked about enough. I mean, when you're sitting there rolling out Vince Dunn in a second pairing with Alex Petrangelo and you still have guys like Carl uh, Gunnarsson and Joel Edmondson, you know, available as third-pairing defensemen, that's a pretty good defense. So the Blues deserved it. They won it. They got it. And uh, we will have Louis DeBrusque, whose son Jake was with the Boston Bruins, obviously. Louis will join us at 1235. It's sad for Boston. Uh, not that sad given the amount of championships that city has won here. I mean, the, the Celtics have won in the last, what, last 10 or 11 years. The Red Sox have won, what, three times since 2004. Uh, the Patriots, what are we at for the Patriots? Six for them, I believe. Super Bowl championships, the Bruins winning in 2011. They've done a lot of winning. So it was great uh, for, for the folks in St. Louis. Specific to the Edmonton connections, for Patrick Maroon, were the Oilers potentially interested in reacquiring him? Absolutely. And there were multiple discussions, let's just put it that way, on the potential of a Maroon return. Ultimately, uh, Armstrong stuck to his guns, and Maroon was a big player for them in the playoffs. Uh, David Perron, last year with Vegas. Perron's had an interesting career. He, uh, that's, I mean, when you take a look at it, he went from Edmonton, where he was a top six guy to Pittsburgh where he didn't really fit in. They flipped him off to Anaheim. Then he ended up where back to St. Louis. Then St. Louis let him walk and he ends up in Vegas, has a terrific year in Vegas last year. And then Vegas, then St. Louis re-signs him to a three-year deal. He was good. 
so I'm happy for David Perron. He's a really nice guy. Maroon, an engaging guy that knew how to play the market. We're going to bring in Brendan Escott here in a second, just uh, momentarily. Um, and then there's the two Edmonton area products. Colt Pareko, this playoffs, clearly established himself as a top two NHL defenseman. Bear Bryant used to say you got to know your own backyard the best. Well, the St. Louis Blues passed on Colton Pareko a couple times the year they drafted him too. People need to remember that. But the fact of the matter is you got to know your own backyard the best, and that's frustrating for a lot of Oilers fans out there. How did we miss out on Pareko? You're not going to get everybody. You got to, you know, the Oilers may have hit on a third-round draft choice of their own here uh, with Dmitry Samarukov, but what a story watching Pareko's development. And then on, on a personal level, you, you watch a, a guy skate at 13, 14 years of age that looks like an adult when he's skating <laughs> and ends up being the number one pick in the WHL Madam draft. And a lot of people thought Jay Bomeister was going to be the next Bobby Orr. What he turned out to be was an elite defensive defenseman, and that's what he's been. He's back to lap 16 years in the NHL. For the Bomeister family, I'm personally very happy. Um, you know, I worked with Dan for a number of years when Dan Bomeister was the assistant coach at the U of A. So Colton Pareko's a very giving guy for the community. I know that Scotty Upshaw and Joffrey Lupo, when Lupo announced basically that he was going to retire, uh, Scotty Upshaw suggested to me that, you know, Colton Pareko should take over Lupo's tournament because Pareko had sort of that feel and that, uh, he comes back to Edmonton every year. He's just a regular guy, good guy. So it's a great story. Brendan, they deserved it, didn't they? At the end of the day, they were the best. You know what? Say what you want. Five on five, the series wasn't close. No, you're right. And they uh, they, they kind of played their own brand of hockey, it seems, as one of the textures here has pointed out. Uh, they don't play a quick brand by any means, but they're a deep team, and they got the goaltending when they needed it most. Uh, we put the article out uh, yesterday after Gretzky made his appearance, Wayne Gretzky, and talked about how much Grant Fear meant for them in Game 7 in 1987. Yeah. Well, we saw Bennington do it too. There was Early in that game. Early in the game. Very, Boston yep. was good early. Right? Absolutely, they were. Uh, you know, it's a game seven because there was only two penalty minutes and it was a delay of game, right? So it wasn't that kind of game whatsoever. And that worked was... to St. Louis's advantage. Yep. It's got to be stated. If it's five on five, they were the better team. Uh, Boston needed more power play time. Hey, how about them giving Bomeys to the cup second? Right? 16 years in the NHL, and you finally get it. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of friends in the Millwoods area, a lot of friends that he grew up playing with in the Southside Athletic Club. Did you see the interview after the game? I did, yeah. We talked about the fact that when he grew up, he wanted to be an Alberta Golden Bear. Mm-hmm. Not, not. He never thought he'd play. The I, I grew up wanting to. That was pretty. And he said it before, so it's a, it's a cool thing. I feel for Jake a bit. Do you know how many Canadians were on St. Louis? Twenty, right? Twenty Canadians. Twenty Canadian players. Well. A lot of Americans on Boston, but a lot of the key Bruin players, it should be noted. I mean, Bergeron's Canadian, Marchand's a Canadian, DeBrusque, that's, you know, three of their top six forwards, uh, Canadian players. Um, Obviously, I don't know. I mean, if you're Boston, you sit back and look at this and say, well, Pittsburgh crashed out, Washington crashed out, you know, maybe Toronto not quite ready. Could have been our year. Do you think Toronto would have beaten St. Louis if they would have gotten past Boston? No, I don't. You don't? You think St. Louis would have? Okay. Well, I, speaking of Toronto, uh, Darren Drager reporting today that uh, Nikita Zaitsev discussions still out there, and he listed Vancouver and Edmonton as a couple of the teams that uh, I should probably, out of respect, uh, just take a look at the read the exact uh, tweet to you because I'm always sort of interested in these sort of things, but I here it is right here. 
Darren Drager tweeted out about an hour ago, trade discussions will heat up in the days leading up to the next week's draft. Uh, mentioned Vancouver's interest in Nikita Zaitsev last week. Sounds like the Oilers have some interest as well. Interesting. I don't know how much interest the Oilers would have in Zaitsev. I mean, are we saying they'd have interest if the Toronto Maple Leafs included a really good piece and then took back one of the Oilers' defensemen? Like, are are we talking about Kasperi Kapanen and Zaitsev and maybe the Oilers send back a guy like Sakra and then the Leafs make a decision there to clear some cap space? Maybe the Oilers would have to give up a pick in that scenario. Okay, because at that point, yeah, I might have some interest. But straight up for Zaitsev for on a team that's already... I mean, I'm looking at the Oilers' defense right now, and, and there are people out there, well, they have six NHL defensemen. Look how they finished the year the final 27 games. I'm like, they were no better than average in the final... Like, Look, I host a show called Oilers now. I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they have a dynamic defense. The problem is they got too many defensemen with the six guys that are here, and so... For full disclosure, who did the Oilers finish the year with? Cleft Bob with Larson. Larson had a tough com- campaign. Uh, they had Nurse with Russell, and then they had uh, Sekera with Benny. And I believe the Oilers need probably to change out two of those six defensemen because they've got some redundancy in the defense position. But would I take Nikita Zaitsev? Well, the Leafs better be giving me a pretty good piece if I'm taking Zaitsev, and they're going to have to take back a player like a Russell or like a Sekera who has a shorter term on their deal. So that might be the only way that I would even contemplate it. But what do I know? Uh, regarding the Oilers' forward situation, there needs to be a... How many, Brendan, see if you were listening. How many forwards did St. Louis they missed the playoffs by one point? How many new forwards did they have? Five. Five new forwards, okay. Uh, I think we can live with McDavid. He's pretty good. Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins... Um, Cassian, right? Jujar Kerr is a restricted free agent. That gets us to five. Maybe Caves here is like a number 12, 13 forward. Maybe six. We'll see what happens with Lucic. Again, I would say at this stage, I think if I was to give odds on it, I'd say 60% chance he might be gone. That That's my interpretation. I don't have any inside knowledge on that front. But there just seems to be a fair amount of smoke there. Uh, so I'm I'm not saying 50-50. I'm saying slightly above 50-50 that he might have a new address. That, that Those things happen some. Yes, a Pugliarvi? The agent's comments to me are interesting because this is a new general manager, a new head coach. To me, that would indicate a fresh start, but you get the sense from the agent, maybe the player's looking for a fresh start. That lends itself to, you know, all I can tell you is that the top-end players from the Oilers, I think Jesse's got to prove a little bit more himself if he wants to be playing in those spots, and the best place for him might be a little further in the lineup if he's even here. So the Oilers are in a scenario where they're looking at five or six new forwards. Now, they sign a guy out of Sweden. There's different places to get forwards. There's good forwards available in, uh, you know, in the KHL. In Sweden, in Finland, in the Swiss League. Guys have mentioned to me, guys in Germany as well. So, I mean, maybe you go down that path. Maybe we're looking at another player that can make it coming out of Europe. This would be the sort of thing that the San Jose Sharks do. There's players in the American League. 
You know, Curtis Lazar, would you consider contemplating bringing him as a fourth-line right wing? What about uh, Daniel Carr out of uh, Vegas's organization? The Oilers uh, looked at him last year in Brooks Masick. So guys like that, we'll have to wait and see, you know. And then there's the trade route as well. I'll be intrigued to see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, Edmonton, certainly the roster wasn't good enough, needs to improve. But once you make those changes, sometimes you got to stick with them. Got to stick with, you know, stick. And, and I think that Doug Armstrong's belief was picked up by his team. And maybe they got a little bit lucky with Bennington, but it came to fruition ultimately. Again, Louis DeBrusque, uh, Brian Burke will be joining us on Oilers Now. It's 1225 in Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Don't buy a new or pre-owned Ford without giving Heartland a chance. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. They're getting bigger and better. The River Cree, their main casino floor is going completely non-smoking. They'll have a separate area in the River Cree for uh, smokers. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. On Tweet Me Personally, Bob and Scott Stoffer and Brendan at Brendan Escott. When we come back in one minute's time, we'll get to NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 1228 in Edmonton. Let's go to NHL today. Brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. Get the hottest branded items for summer like blankets, camping chairs, coolers, outdoor games, and more. Here's Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. We'll do some fast facts from that Stanley Cup victory. The Blues became the final team from the 1968 expansion to win the Stanley Cup, and it was the first cup for every single one of the players on the Blues roster as well. They did play 26 playoff games, tied for the most all-time in a single postseason by a cup champion. Uh, that ties the 2014 LA Kings. Callahoo's Craig Barubi became the fourth coach out of the last 11 to win a cup who took over mid-season. He joins Dan Bilesma, Mike Sullivan and Daryl Sutter. The Ottawa Senators and uh, former first rounder Morgan Klimchuk agreed to a one-year two-way contract extension worth $700,000. Rick Nash has been named a special assistant to Columbus Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekalainen. Remember Nash retired back in January with concussion problems at uh, 34 years old. And uh, you mentioned it, Bob, that Darren Dreger tweeting both the Canucks and Oilers could be interested in acquiring Nikita Zaitsev from the Maple Leafs. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the Leafs have got to make some moves. They've got to shed themselves of some money. There's no question about that. We'll see uh, how creative they get because I think they're going to have to be creative. Let's go to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodan. And when we come back in Oilers now from Boston, uh, a heartbroken father today, I would suggest Louis DeBrus. This is Oilers now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.